morning, everybody. I'm Joan, a compulsive overeater. This is July 1st in Voices of Recovery. July 1, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. This, to me, was the true action step. It required asking the power outside of myself to change me, to make me something alien to myself. It required more trust than anything else I was asked to do and still demands trust as I continue to evolve into a new, unknown creation. This step taught me humility, that state of being humble. Humble, according to the dictionary, is the state of reflecting, expressing, or offering in a spirit of deference. uh, deference. Before this step, it was all about me, my powerlessness, my beliefs, my shortcomings, and my plans to resolve them. This step changed all of that. The deference, respect, or esteem due to a superior clarified who was in power, who I should believe in, and the reason for giving over my shortcomings. It's all about becoming the person that my higher power needs me to be in order to carry out his will. That is what my program is about. With this step, I have surrendered my role as principal and joined the chorus of the fellowship. We have some auction winners that uh, need to settle up as soon as uh, breakfast is over and um, pick up the items that they want. We have Joanne Thompson for the lavender bath basket, Renee Engel for the funny bunny basket, Suzanne McLean for the pink rose collection, Barbara N, I think, for the Big Apple Basket, Julia York for the Keep in Touch, Barb N for the Blue Hibiscus uh, Picture, Alice is not here, Alice is not here, Alice, Pam E for the Lily Serenity Picture, okay, you got the good one, Gail, Von something? Gail here? Okay, Gail got the Padres package. And there are people below you, Gail, so if you don't pick it up, it'll go to the next one down the line. Uh, Joanne Thompson and and uh, it's got the Pamper Yourself basket and Angela Peavy, the Valentine's Day. So if you are one of those winners or if you signed up for the Padres packet and our winner didn't show up, you're not out of luck yet. Um, Okay, after our wonderful speaker, Ilana is going to make a brief announcement on the uh, giving away the center pieces. And I'd like to remind everyone to autograph our signs over here to please fill out and submit your uh, evaluation form in the box, and that box will also be in our uh, room for the closing ceremony, which is going to be right around the corner here. Uh, We still have tapes, our CDs or whatever you like, um, for the uh, different speakers and workshops. 
and I need ticket sellers for the uh, 50-50, the drawing, and the quilt. We'll, we'll get those, too. And uh, we have a person who needs a ride to Santee. So if you're able to give a ride to Santee, we got it? Thank you. Okay. So I think those are all the announcements we have right now. I'd like to welcome our speaker this morning. Uh, those of us in San Diego know, know this person, but some of you uh, probably haven't heard her before, and she is so great. I'm really looking forward to hearing for Barbara R. All right, I will. Okay. Hi, I'm Barbara, a compulsive overeater. Uh, and uh, last or yesterday? Sorry. Yesterday, um, I had forgotten. I've been to a lot of breakfast meetings, but I'd forgotten what the speakers talked about. And so I went to a very dear friend and I asked her, "What? What does the speaker at a breakfast meeting talk about?" And she says, "Oh," she says. That's the inspirational speaker. That's the one that when you leave, she had me hook, line, and sinker. She said, I go, oh, that's, no, that's not me. She said, we're going to, you, you take him to a new level of spirituality. And I go, oh, no, 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 that's, that's the closing meeting. That's, that's not the breakfast meeting. And she says, and she says, and you know, she says that there is, Somebody in that room that when they leave after hearing what you have to say will become abstinent that day. Uh, no, 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 that's not me. And she said, and then, I mean, I was still kind of thinking, well, maybe she's pulling my leg a little bit. And then she said, and then what you get to do is when you see somebody that has too many sausages on your plate, you get to tell, no, 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 only two sausages. <laughs> then... Then I knew I was being, anyway. And so I love her anyway still today. But what I'm going to do is do a format that has worked forever in this program and what it was like, what happened, and what it's like today. And what it was like, it was a hell. It was a living hell. Um, I'm not going back to my childhood. I'm going back to my young adulthood just before I got here. Um, I had, I was 35 when I came to, to Overeaters Anonymous, and at that time, I was so into the disease that I thought that I had already died and gone to hell, and that's what my life was. That's how I felt it was, and that's pretty much how I lived it. I avoided feelings at all costs. I, I built a wall of, of weight around me. I used the food to push down those feelings, and I avoided them at all costs. I hated myself on one hand, and on the other hand, there was that egotistical part of me. I was either all or nothing. I would take control of your life for you. I'd help you out. or. I'd sink back into the corners and, and just hide in the shadows. Was, or I, was, um, I was on top of the world or I was pond scum. There wasn't any, there wasn't any 
ground in the middle. No matter what, I couldn't stop eating. I went on diets. I went to diet clubs. I went to tops and to Weight Watchers. And nothing, nothing wrong with taste tops and Weight Watchers. But I, oh, I could lose the weight, but I put it back on. And, uh, oh, contests and um, went on diets with my binge buddies. I did all the different things that, that all of us have done in this program. And, um, and that there's plenty of us still out there doing them. I thought I was bad. I thought I was weak. People would say to me, no, just use a little plate and just have one helping and push yourself away. And now that hurt so much when I heard it. But today I know that they haven't a clue what was going on inside me. That worked for them. They could use a small plate and they could push themselves away from the table. That wasn't in my vocabulary. I'm just, I don't want to say too long on what it was like, but I have a couple of stories that kind of explain who I was. And one of them was I saw in this magazine, everybody look at magazines at the, at the um, recipes, well, there was this beautiful, beautiful three-layer strawberry cake, and it just looked wonderful, and I was going to make it for my family. And I did, and I mixed it up before it got to the oven. It became enough for a short cake for two adults and two little children. That's how much I ate. Couldn't stop. Wanted to stop. Hated myself. Wished I was dead and thought I was already dead. Just couldn't stop. And then you make things from scratch back in my era. And I would make the fudge. But couldn't wait for it to cool. I can't tell you how many times I burned my tongue on, okay, that everybody in here too, okay, I burned my tongue on that, and then one more, um, I wanted, okay, I had, um, oh, hard candies, and I was eating too many of them, chewy hard candies, eating too many of them, so if you put them in the freezer, you won't be able to eat them, you know, because you have to wait. Uh, I was chewing one before I put them in the freezer. I was chewing one, and I broke a filling. That should have been enough, but not for Barbara, not for me. I went back. As soon as I cleaned up that tooth, I went back and got one out of the freezer and chewed on the other side. That's who I am. That's who I was. That's who I always will be. But what happened? What happened is I moved into a new neighborhood, my only thought was a brand new neighborhood of new houses. Everybody was new. My thought was, oh, God, please don't let me be the fattest one there. And I wasn't. Um, but there was this 18-year-old girl who I loved to death. She, um, she had lost 100 pounds, and she um, still had about another 100 to go. But uh, we were talking, and I told her about this wonderful diet club I was in, that we had our own scale, and it was a doctor scale, and that uh, we met at my house, and, and um, we would weigh, and then we'd go out to dinner. And, uh, <laughs> and I can do that today, but back then it was a whole different thing, because it was the, uh, the water pills. I'd 
take it one day so because they're going to weigh, and then, then it was one day wasn't enough, then I had to take it for two days, and then I had to take it three days ahead of time, and anyway, anyway crazy, 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 crazy stuff. But she, I said, I wanted to look good, so I wanted to bring somebody that had lost 100 pounds because all people in our group were struggling with losing weight. And I gained 10, but that was okay. That was a good year. And um, I said, would you come to our group and talk to us and tell us about whatever it is you do? And she um, said, oh, sure. And then as the time came around, um, I started to chicken out and I canceled. And she said, well, that's okay. I can come next week. So she wasn't going to let me go. And um, she tricked me is what she did. And um, so anyway, I finally took her to our meeting. I didn't like anything she had to say. I wasn't interested in anything she had to say. And my thought was that some of the, oh, oh the thing was I had to take her to her meeting. That's right. after, after ours, I had to take her to uh, hers. And nobody in my meeting would go with me because there wasn't anybody that wanted what she had or what she had to say. So I was stuck, and then we had to go pick up somebody else. And that somebody else is in this room today still. And um, she, um, I was angry, and I was mad, and those people got to see how angry and how mad I was. Anyway, I got to the meeting, long story short. I got to the meeting. There was this dynamite lady that was leading the newcomers meeting. And I think newcomers meetings are only half an hour, but I would swear it was an hour. I was enthralled. I heard things that I thought I was the only person in the world that had ever done. And that's when you get stuck in a turnstile and you blame your purse. No, serious. That, that, I, I thought that was me. I thought I was the only person that had ever done that. And then one, the other one that I loved, and this one I really knew I was the only one, is that when you took a bath and you got in the bathtub, you created a dam. And so the water behind you got cold, and so you had to get up and swish it around. Okay, this was a long, long, long time ago. Um, I heard at that meeting that we had a disease. That was something that had never entered my mind in my whole entire life, is that there might be something wrong. And it was a disease just like diabetes is a disease or any other kind of a disease. And I couldn't control it. Willpower couldn't control it. I tried for 35 years. I never was able. I was never able to do it for any length of time. It was a disease, and this is a program of recovery. And one day at a time, we can recover. And there are tools that we can use, and there are steps that we can use. And I knew, I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt, no if, answer, but, no, maybe someday, I knew deep down inside that I was a compulsive overeater after listening to the newcomer meeting and listening to all the people that shared about themselves so freely at the regular meeting. And I swear it was a three-hour meeting, but we don't have three-hour meetings. But, but that's so – I knew it. I don't know why. I don't know how. But that angry person that when somebody tried to hug me when I first came to that meeting backed off was 
and sat in the back of the room in the middle of an aisle, and nobody came near me. Um, I don't know. There was a transformation that happened, and all I did that I'm aware of was know that I was powerless over food, no maybe, no anything down the road. That was um, February 27th, no, no, February 28th, 1977. And from that evening to today, the compulsion has been lifted, and I've been asked to know. By the grace of God only. It's not me. The only thing I know I did was I knew from what I heard you guys talk about that I was powerless over food. Um, this 18-year-old punk that 12-stepped me. I know what it is now. She 12-stepped me and loved that time. At that time, she tricked me. She handed me a food plan. And it was a gray sheet. This is this is way back when. This was 30 years ago. And it was a gray sheet. And I looked at it and said, oh, yeah. Well, from that day and for about eight or nine years, I was on gray sheet. I weighed and measured my food. I ate just exactly what it said. I had three meals a day, nothing in between, no refined sugars, and no refined starches, and no binge foods. That happened. And one evening, one meeting, and that happened because I knew I was powerless over food. That's all that I know that I did. God was, God was the rest of it. Later on, after eight or nine years, there was this wonderful guy that I remember from L.A. that, that came and he talked about moderate mealing. And I, I went into moderate mealing. But one of the things for me, still no refined sugars and still no binge foods, but one of the things with moderate mealing is I didn't have this plan to follow and um, I didn't have specific guidelines. So what I needed to do was my spiritual connection needed to be very, very strong because when you're taking, when you're letting go, for me, when I was letting go, I really, really needed God's help with it. And when I came into the program, God was just over there. I'd gotten rid of him sometime when I was in college. And don't know why I was agnostic. I wasn't an atheist. But, but what is so incredible is the look in people's eyes in a meeting, people that are in recovery, people that are wanting recovery. There's such a power in that. So in the beginning, away was my higher power. And about two years into the program, I was given an assignment. And it was to read a chapter in the big book that I had never read before, and that was called We Agnostics. And I was given an assignment to read that 14 days in a row. And, but there are words in that chapter, I mean, there's a bunch of, but there's words in that chapter that again took and changed my life to another level. Um, and that's, let go of the childhood God. This childhood God that I had was mean, I was never going to make it, it was like a parent or somebody in charge, I was never going to make it any good, so why the hell, why the, why the heck bother? 
And um, I, I grew up in a religion. There's nothing wrong with the re religion at all. There's a lot of people that grew up in that religion, and they're just fine. Um, so I, I have no blame there. But the ideas, my childhood ideas, came with me up to when I was an adult. And it said, let go of those childhood ideas and build your own concept of a higher power. And somebody I've been working with recently labeled it, I didn't have the words for it, but labeled it, they made a God personal to them. And today my higher power is nothing more, well, it's everything, but it's nothing more than a set of arms that's always there for me, that when I'm scared I can run and jump and hide in, that when um, I'm afraid, I can be there. It's just, they're always there. And, and Scott has an incredible sense of humor. I'll share some of that as we go along. And, um, um, well, I can do it right now. Denial is a really big <laughs> part of my disease. Um, if I didn't look in the mirror before program, if I didn't look in the mirror and just focused on my eyes and my face, everything would be okay. Um, but, When I came to the program, early on in the program, the steps were for you. I was, a comp I was powerless over food, and that's pretty much as far as that went for me. Um, the fourth step, it was a year into the program, and I was having coffee after a meeting with some people, and I said, you know, I just really, really thought real hard on this and looked at it, and I don't have any character defects. <laughs> now, that's not nice to laugh at me. I was serious. I, I was. I was dead serious. That's where I was at. I was dead serious. And um, this guy just looked at me, just as sweet as can be. He said, just keep coming back, Barbara. <laughs> and I did. And um, it happened in an, um, in an AA meeting. Um, I, I went to AA uh, a few times. I, um, alcohol is also part of my program. I do not drink, but alcohol was not a problem before the program. Food was my food was my drug of choice. Um, but I also know when you take one thing away, you could go to another. So I, I haven't had a drink in 30 years either. But anyway, I was at an AA meeting, and the, the people in there were just really angry, not at each other. They were just really angry, and everybody got up and shared about their anger and what they were angry at. And a little thought, this is God and work, a little thought came through my head about the vacuum cleaner and how my little daughter, who was oh, two or three years old, anytime the vacuum cleaner came out, she ran and she got up high in a chair. And, and then I remembered, this isn't pretty, but this, this was me, uh, this is me, um, without program. Um, that thing just sucked. It was just really bad, and it didn't clean the way I wanted it to clean, and so I kicked it, and I yelled at it, and there's many times it went up against the wall. Because I hated doing housework, because the next day it was messy again, and you had to do it again. Anyway, that, that, that was all me. But this little child was scared to death of the vacuum cleaner, because of how I treated it. And um, that was the first first thing that I thought, hmm, maybe, maybe I have a character defect or two in there. And the story goes on and on. But 
But what, hap what, what it's like now is through this program I have evolved, and I want to talk a little bit of how, or spend most of the time talking about that evolution of Barbara, becoming Barbara. In, in the beginning, uh, abstinent right away, the um, weight the weight came off. I was, um, um, my top weight was 190 pounds, and I've been maintaining the 70-pound weight loss since, but back then I was uh, 30 years younger, and so I was about four pounds less than I am right now. And um, I was a 116-pound poster child for thin is not well. <laughs> Because the, the weight came off, but I didn't have a relationship with a higher power or really admit that I needed that my, the second part of the first step, that my life was unmanageable or that I had any character defects. So here was the thin body. The ego was, was rampant. And I loved OA. I thought it was the best thing that I'd ever found in my whole entire life, and I wanted to share it with everybody. Now, all the character defects were still rampant, so I knew best for my husband. I knew best for my children, and we're going to eat differently now. And so I imposed upon them what I was doing. Thank you. I imposed upon them what I was doing, and um, it, it got to the point where the kids, the, ki the kids were really young, man, and um, they would start to sneak eat. And then they started to hate OA. And um, who I was during the first years before I really had a concept of a higher power and worked the steps, um, it was awful. And I had to make more amends for what I did in program than for what I did before program because everything was accelerated and the ego was rampant. I don't know. Uh, Pete Seeger wrote this wonderful, wonderful story. It's called The Foolish Frog, and, um, it, and there's music that goes with it. And I used to sing it at libraries for kids, and it's just so special. There's this frog, and he's just so proud of himself, and he just he sings this beautiful song, and, and the people hear it, and they follow him, and then the kids hear it, and they follow, and the moms and dads and everybody at home start following him, and the cows follow him, and the pigs follow him. And everybody's following him to the country store, and he's just getting bigger and bigger and prouder and prouder, and, and it just comes to this big crescendo, and he explodes. And the foolish frog is gone, and everybody goes home, and life is over. Anyway, I love that story, but that was me. That was me, the foolish frog, um, before I worked the steps. Find, okay, God's sense of humor for me is that he brings people, places, and things into my life that are my character defects, but he brings them, I'm in black and white, mind you, but when he brings them to me, they are in technicolor and surround sound, so I cannot avoid what's going on. And I always used to blame them, but today... It's this very same character defect that I have, and what I've learned is that I'm somebody else's technicolor and surround sound. And, and I didn't learn that 30 years ago. I didn't learn that 25 years ago. It's an 
it's evolving. It's just more and more becomes I'm willing to look deeper and deeper. Like I said, I did everything I could to shove the feelings down so I didn't have to do it. Another thing that was real important to me was one day I was out working and um, I was at the beach eating my lunch uh, in work clothes sitting and some guy walks, strolling down the beach, walks by and just says, oh, you're just so beautiful. I just had to stop and tell you how beautiful you are. And the sponsor at that time would always say, thank you. So I said, thank you. And then I'm in the car and driving down 78 or across 78, and this car of guys comes by and they honk and whistle and, and you know, that. And I go, okay, thank you. And then it happened again. And then on the radio, and I'm feeling really nervous and, and taking that kind of stuff just didn't settle real well with me because I had that 70 pounds around me that protected me from you. Then on the radio comes Cats in the Cradle and the Silver Spoon. I can still cry with that and all the guilt for what I did with my kids and to my kids. and All of that came up and I'm crying because of what these guys did and I'm crying because Cats in the Cradle. And, the next, and this is God again. The next song is, You're So Vain, You Must Think This Song Is About <laughs> And this is what God does to me because I don't listen. I don't listen. And and uh, anyway, anyway, that that was a big a big milestone for me. Um, the steps, having doing all that work to build that relationship with a higher power, has. has changed those character defects on a daily basis and a momentary basis, changed those character defects into assets. And where, when I was in friendships before, I was in friendships for what I could get out of it, and when I couldn't get out of anything more out of it, then I would leave. Today, friendships are more about caring and giving, and that's what this program gives. And it's more about Barbara's ego, or it's all about Barbara, even though it still is all about Barbara, it's different. Because it's all about you, too. It's all about all of us. In the beginning, I thought I was different than you. Today, today I know that I am a garden variety, compulsive overeater in recovery. And I'm one of many. I'm part of a team. Absolutely part of a team. When it came to the ninth step, all of the steps were yucky. Uh, well, the first ones weren't, but the fourth and the fifth and on that. But what I do today and what I've doing, been doing for about 25 years is I've been in committed step studies. And I can't praise committed step studies enough. Um, we read out of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read out of um, the AA 12 and 12, the OA 12 and 12. All, of, all the literatures, and, and no matter what committed step study you're in, and you write, and in the particular one that I'm in now, there are 36 step, step questions and 37 step questions, so there's, there's writing, and I do this every year, year after year after year, and a lot of you know I, I um, 
Well, I started before that, but I also went to Vivian's, and I, and I went to Maureen's, and um, and then started some out in the Santee and uh, East County area. But what I do is I, what that does for me is I have the opportunity to look at myself brand new every single year. And are the same character defects there? Yes, they are. Are they the same amount of trouble to myself or others? No, they're not. Because I have to keep looking. And that ninth step keeps me in line. Because I know from being here so long that if I open my mouth inappropriately or I do something vindictive or if I gossip or if I chop you off at your knees because you made me mad, then I'm going to have to turn around and someday go and make an amends to you. So the ninth step is a good stopper for me because I know that. However, everything I ever did in the ninth step, it sets you free. It absolutely set me free. I became, and, and listening to people doing my fifth step and listening to other people do their fifth step sets you free because I found out for myself that I'm not any different than anybody else in this room. And like I said before, I'm a garden variety compulsive overeater named Barbara, and thanks for letting me do service. Thank you so much, Barbara. Okay, um, we're going to uh, ask Ilana to come up here, and uh, she's going to tell us what's going to happen to these uh, beautiful table decorations. Good morning. Thank you so much. Um, it was very important to me. Lord knows I have no ego. <laughs> but it was really important to me that um, how people would react when they saw the uh, centerpieces. And I have to tell you, all I wanted you to do was go, ah, ah. And you did, and I thank you so much. <laughs> I want to give a special thanks to one of my special people. She did so much to help me. Uh, Jody Bauer, would you stand up and take a, a hand? There you go. Now that's the part I want you to see. And Bonnie Jean and Willie, I don't know where they are, but they put in a lot of effort. And we've had a lot of people that have come by, and if I never see another balloon in my life, it will be just too soon. Um, we have underneath your chair... We have a star. It's a, a big gold star. You can't mistake it. That is the person that is going to... Did you find the star, everybody? 
The third person to your right is the one who gets the centerpiece. You know, when I was younger, they used to call me trouble. Did you wonder why? Now, you can't take home the centerpiece. As a matter of fact, you're not even allowed to leave the dining room if you haven't signed the board. Okay? That's a new rule. And Bill's outside. He's, uh, he's a sheriff. And if you didn't sign the board, you can't leave the room. And I want back all the food you ate. And thank you very much for allowing me to do service. And see you again in San Diego in about 100 years. A uh, couple more announcements. The boutique is uh, having a sale. First of all, Pam is going to model what she bought at the boutique. Okay. We are going to have a markdown. Everything that you can stuff in a uh, small bag for two bucks and everything that you can stuff in a larger bag for uh, five bucks. I want to remind you, please autograph our sign. The evaluation form box has been moved to the back of the room so you can fill it out. Please come back and join me at the uh, closing ceremony where we're going to have the drawings for the 50-50 and the prizes and the quilts. And I, I am going to be giving out tickets to anybody who wishes to sell them. Okay, my whole committee knows what this means. Uh, can I have your attention just a, a little bit longer, please? Okay. I, I do need people to sell tickets, and like I said, the evaluation form uh, are, can be Hand it in uh, in the back as you leave. Uh, and just what does the, the balloon, the plant, the top hat, the lovely uh, paper that's in it, that is, all of that is yours if you won the table decoration. Thank you very much. And I'd like to ask Carol to come up here and uh, lead us in a closing prayer. Carol? morning. I'm Carol and I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, after a moment of silence for all those inside and outside the room who are still suffering, um, could you please join me in the third step prayer? God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties, have victory over them, 
may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. Amen.